Are they? Hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so nice to be up here. Such a privilege. Thank you, Stan, for this opportunity. Um, my name is Taryn Wiggily. I'm married to Greg. And I have four um, beautiful girls who keep us very busy. And um, I'm the principal at We Friends Preschool. And so I run a preschool which falls under Glenridge Church. And um, yeah, so that's me. Um, Greg and I on our eldership here at Glenridge. I've, I grew up here. This is my home. Um, I love this place. When I woke up this morning, I was like, I just feel like I'm sharing in front of the family, you know, like it's, it's just I'm sharing my heart to the people that I love. And I love this place. I love Glenridge Church. I really do. So thank you for listening to me today. Um, the title of my preach is called Mary Before Martha, or Sitting Before Serving. Is this okay? Okay. And the slogan I said is, at the feet moves the heart, and having his heart moves our feet. And um, that picture over there is in our lounge, given to us by the Manisis. And it was painted by Shalana. Shalana is also a daughter of this house. And she painted that painting of the feet. And then there was just a bunch of flowers in the photo. So that's a photo of the painting. And I've put it in my house so that I remember what I'm sharing with you today. And um, my aim this morning is to ignite a passion in your hearts to seek God. To seek first his kingdom by sitting at his feet. For Glenridge Church to become a wholehearted congregation, a wholehearted bride devoted to Jesus, focused, obsessed, besotted, consumed, mesmerized, overwhelmed, close to, sitting with, quiet, listening to Jesus. That's what I want you guys to catch this morning. That's my aim. So the scripture that I'm going to be reading from today is from Luke 10. So if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to turn there. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Can follow up there. At the home of Martha and Mary. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So this is the scripture that I will be preaching from this morning. And we are currently in a series called The Holy Table. And um, Stan is 
and some of the other elders have been sharing about different encounters where Jesus has been at the table in the Gospels. And there are lots and lots where Jesus meets with people at the table. And um, today, I chose this story, and Stan gave a whole, there's a whole lot of different encounters with Jesus at the table, but I specifically chose this one because there's something about Mary that I just wanted to catch. There's something, in, something that she was doing that I wanted to grab a hold of, and I pray the same for you this morning. So um, Mary is, um, there's, there's different Marys in the Gospels. There's Jesus' mother, Mary, that we know of. There is Mary Magdalene, who was the prostitute, who um, Jesus forgave. And then there is Mary of Bethany, and this is the Mary that I'm looking at this morning. Mary of Bethany is Martha's sister. They were also sisters. Um, their brother was Lazarus, who was raised from the dead. So every time Mary of Bethany is mentioned in a story in the Gospels, Jesus does something in response. So she's mentioned in Luke 10, where she's at his feet, and I'll get get back to these encounters later. She's mentioned in John 11, where Lazarus is raised from the dead, and she's mentioned again in Mark 14 or John 12, where she anoints Jesus' feet to get him ready for his death and burial. So Mary's life reminded me of a life that had been impacted by Jesus, a life that had been touched by the gospel, and she was willing to waste it all, to give it all up. And she, she moved Jesus' heart. She moved Jesus. And that's what I want to share with you today. So um, every year, I ask the Lord for a word for the year. Um, and um, sometimes it's a, yeah, so this year, even the end of last year, Jesus has been speaking to me. And Stan has mentioned it quite a few times about tables and feet. And specifically, the word feet. And there's three areas of feet that I believe God is speaking to me about specifically, but also to the church. And the first part of feet, which I'm focusing on this morning, is sitting at his feet and in a posture of worship. And the last time I preached here at Glenridge, I preached about our jars being filled with oil. That's that story of the lampstands and the oil. And when we sit at Jesus' feet, he fills our jars with oil. We need to learn how to do this scripture, Luke 10, so that we can produce an oil that we can pour out on his feet. We need a revelation of who Jesus is like Mary had so that we can respond in this way. And I just want to share, I think it's five scriptures that I just want to show you up here. And there's some certain words that I just want to point out that are really just stood out to me. In Isaiah 50 verse 4, it says, The sovereign Lord has given me the capacity to be his spokesman so that I can know how to help the weary. He wakes me up every morning and he makes my heart alert so that I can listen attentively as disciples do. And the, the word at the bottom, listen attentively, that's a word that's 
stuck out to me. I want to listen attentively to the Father, to Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9, it says, God who has called us into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord is faithful. And the word fellowship, Jesus is calling us to fellowship with him. In Philippians 3 verse 10, it says, My aim is to know him, to experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings, and to be like him in his death, and so somehow to attain a resurrection from the dead. Words like know him, experience his power, share in his sufferings, be like him. These words the Lord is speaking this morning to us. Matthew 11, 28, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear and my load is not hard to carry. And the last scripture is John 15, 5 to 8. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. Because apart from me, you can accomplish nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a branch and dries up. And such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and burnt up. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My father, has, my father is honored by this, that you bear much fruit and show that you are my disciples. And it's those words remaining in him. And I feel like in this story that I've read, Mary remained in Jesus, and the things that she asked for, like when her brother died, she asked Jesus, he, he responded to her requests. And then under the word feet, there's also, so that's worship, that's the, the part of worship, sitting at his feet. There are other things that come after we sit. And there's things like service that come, and that's the example where Jesus washes his disciples' feet, and I think that's a whole nother preach. And there's another thing that comes after sitting at his feet is mission, is going, because beautiful are the feet that bring the good news. But first, we need to learn to sit at Jesus' feet. And isn't it lovely this morning? It was all about waiting. I thought that was so lovely. So we need to listen attentively. We need to fellowship with Jesus. We need to know him, experience him, be like him, share with him, come to him, learn from him, and remain in him. Okay, so... What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? And Mary took on the posture of a disciple in this um, encounter that she had. Normally men would sit at a rabbi's feet or a teacher's feet and learn from them, but Mary took on this posture. So a disciple is a student, a pupil, an apprentice, a follower, someone who imitates their teacher, someone who takes on his values, someone who wants to be exactly like him. They sit at his feet, they make him his re their reward, they find their identity, their worth, and their value in Jesus or in their teacher. So I was listening to a clip the other day of a Muslim man who found Jesus, and it actually intrigued me, I was amazed. He was sharing about when he was a Muslim, 
how devout and devoted he was to Muhammad. And he would, um, he said from little he was trained to, before he got out of the bed, he had to recite a prayer. And then he got out of the bed and then he had to recite another prayer. And then it says, and then he had to walk into a, a closet, a cleaning room to wash. And he said they had to enter with their left foot because that's how Muhammad entered the cleaning room with his left foot. And everything, and then they would get to the breakfast table and they would have to recite another prayer to Muhammad and then to Allah, and then they would have to, um, you know, help me for the day. There were all these rules and things they had to do. But they would, he said he was a devoted Muslim. It's like everything, every step, and this was all before 7 a.m. in the morning. Every step he had to do, he was devoted to following Muhammad. And I thought, okay, then he shares about how he encountered Jesus, and now he is devoted to following Jesus. And I just thought, how much more should we be following Jesus than Muhammad? And um, how much more devoted and committed should we be to Jesus? And it's, you know what it is? It's, it's not about rules and regulations. It's like, Lord, I want to step with my left foot because that's what you did, Jesus. I want to go where you tell me to go because that's what you did, Jesus. I want to follow you like a disciple. I want to sit at your feet and I want to learn from you. I want to listen to your voice. I want to know the sound of your voice when I'm walking into my school. I want to know the sound of Jesus' voice. What is he saying today? When I walk into the shops, wherever I go, when I'm mothering my children, when I'm cleaning my kitchen, whatever I'm doing, I want to know the sound of Jesus' voice. I want to be devoted and how much more I want to teach my children to follow Jesus like that. And I think we need to wake up a little bit and follow Jesus a bit more radically. <laughs> I think we're a little bit like, oh, let me just watch my Netflix series because I just love Netflix. I just can't believe this new series. It's so amazing. It is, whatever. But Jesus is more important. And let's wake up a little bit and let's devote our lives to Jesus. Before you get up out of the bed, speak to him. Engage with him. And then when you're going and washing and cleaning, speak to him. Speak to him. Tell him about what you want for the day. Tell him what you're thankful for. Engage with Jesus. He's alive. He's listening. Listen for his voice. And I just wanted to mention here, I actually am so amazed by Linda Watson. She, so her husband has just died. And every morning she sends out a voice note to a whole bunch of ladies, who I'm sure all get it, yeah, about what is Jesus saying this morning? What is God saying this morning? And I just think someone who's walked through sickness with her husband and lost her husband is able to wake up in the morning and listen to what the Father is saying. And that gets her through the day without her husband. Excuse me, my voice is going. But I just thought, we've actually got to catch a wake up. I'm speaking to myself. But there's not much time to waste. Life's so short. Look at Derek's, Derek's already with Jesus. Life is short. And we honestly, we don't have time to, to oh, anyway, I'm getting distracted. <laughs> okay, so anyway, I was talking about being a disciple. So, <laughs> so our, when we are Jesus-focused, our reward is Jesus. We work for the Lord. And we never need approval and praise from the men and women around us. Our only reward is Jesus, and it's only what he says is truth that matters to us. When we are work-focused, 
we always feel like we get the short end of the stick. Jesus, don't you see what I'm doing? I mean, Stan, can you not see that I'm at every prayer meeting? I mean, can you not see that I'm helping to clean up the church after the meeting, that I'm serving at the coffee shop? Can you, like, we're always looking for man's approval. And we focus on me. Can you not see me and what I'm doing? And we moan and we complain. I can't believe this place. Look what they do, you know. We become... Yeah, we become... We busy, so we're so busy around him with church things that we actually don't see Jesus. We actually don't see him in the room. So how sad if we do all the right things, but we miss Jesus. We need to be Jesus focused. We really do. We need to see him. But I wanted to look at each person in the story, and the first one is Martha. And can I just say, I love Martha. Martha is my kind of girl. She is a server, she's hospitable, she actually has the gift of hospitality. She's a doer, she's an action person. She loves to get things done. She owns the house, so, and I really like her. I'm also a doer, I love to see things get done. I'm, I'm like, okay, we, we're gonna plant a church, let's do it, I'm like, let's do it today. I'm ready, you know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm such a, let's get this thing done. And um, so I really do, I like Martha and I can actually relate to Martha. And I have four kids and I run a school and I'm very busy, 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 lots of things to do. <laughs> and Martha busies herself with the task of service, which is very important. Serving is something Jesus demonstrated. So we don't, Martha's not the bad person in the story. And it's, this story is not Mary versus Martha and comparing the two. This story is just telling us that we need to have Mary before we have a Martha in our hearts. So the problem is not her serving, but rather that she was worried and distracted. The word that Jesus uses there in the Greek, peris, or something like that, means dragged in different directions. Martha was dragged in different directions. She was here, then she was there. People say she was probably preparing the meal. I mean, everybody needs to eat, right? So she was busy, busy with other things. Martha then, while she's busy, almost embarrasses Mary in a little, in a sense, and she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. So she actually speaks up and says, can you not see? Look at what I'm doing. And Mary, she's just sitting doing nothing. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, we can totally relate, I think, to the story. But what happens is Martha fails to recognize that Jesus is the most important person in the room. And Martha only sees that she needs to provide for Jesus when in fact... Jesus is providing the one thing that is needed in the room at that time, in that moment. And Jesus is portrayed in, a, in an unexpected way. And Brian, Greg's dad, always used to say, it's like a rubber hose up your nose. When I read the story, I was like, oh, it's like, I'd actually was, I didn't like the way Jesus responded in this, in this scenario at first, because it leaves you feeling a little bit uncomfortable. 
One would expect Jesus to say when he enters Martha's house, he would say, Martha, what a lovely home you have. You are such a great host. You have such a clean and tidy house. And the food that you are preparing smells delicious. Thank you for all that you are doing, Martha. That's what you really, I mean, wouldn't you expect Jesus to say that when he walks into your house and you're busy with all your things? And what happens is when we read the story, our expectations are challenged. Jesus challenges us. It's like, ah, in our hearts. Instead, he rebukes Martha. He rebukes her. It's a little bit like, I wonder what she did when he spoke. And he says her name twice. He says, Martha, Martha. And I was like, I wonder why. Maybe he was just trying to get her attention. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. You are pulled in many different directions. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So Martha does the right thing, but misses the presence of Jesus in her home. And I just think, oh my word, like I don't know what, it doesn't say what she, how she responded, but she might just say, okay, fine, I'm going to leave the food and I'm going to come and sit with Mary and listen to Jesus. And I can imagine Jesus then saying something like, I am the bread of life. My food is to do the will of the Father. Drink of me and you will never be thirsty. I think that's what maybe Jesus said because she's thinking, well, don't you need to eat? You know, don't you need to eat? Jesus is like, just come and sit. I am the bread of life. And I just think we need to, I mean, we all need to eat. I mean, there's always a kitchen that has to be cleaned. I was thinking, sometimes I feel like, you know, my little kids, they're like little birds with their mouths. You know, there's always food. I have to give them food and clean. You know, there's always. And I wanted to then move on to, to Mary. And Mary sits at Jesus' feet in this story, and she listens to every word he says. Rather than assuming the role that is expected of women in the day to clean and cook, she takes the posture of a student or a disciple, which was traditionally reserved for men. So she takes on this role. She's being quite bold. It's quite a bold move of Mary. And I wanted to share another encounter of Mary from John 12, and I'll read it to you. It's Mary anoints Jesus' feet. Then Mary took about a pound of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas, who was later to betray him, objected, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief as keeper of the money bag who used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus says, or replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. And in this story, Jesus defends Mary again. He says that the poor will always be here, and he might say to Martha, 
There will always be dishes that need to be done, and there will always be food that needs to be prepared. But remember, the most important thing is not meant to be neglected, but rather prioritized above everything else, and that is being with Jesus. And yeah, there is there's something that Mary had seen in Jesus that made her do these things. She saw Jesus for who he really was. She had this wholehearted devotion to him. She didn't seem to mind what people said about her, her sister, Judas, all these people, what they say about her. She wanted to be at Jesus' feet. And she was at Jesus' feet in Luke 10, where Jesus defends her and says what she has chosen is better. In John 11, she's at Jesus' feet again because Lazarus has just died and it says Martha ran out to meet him and then it says Mary heard that Jesus was coming so Mary ran out to meet him and it says and she, Mary fell at Jesus' feet weeping, saying my brother is dead, my brother's dead and it says in that encounter, my dress, she says in that encounter when Mary fell at Jesus' feet it says, he was deeply moved. In his spirit, he was troubled. It says, and the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Mary moved Jesus as she fell at his feet. There was this desperation in her heart, and Jesus responded to that, to the, the point where he shouts, Lazarus, come out. So Mary moved him again. And then in John 12, where Mary anoints Jesus' feet. She's again at his feet, so all three. She then wastes it all. She wastes a year's wages at Jesus' feet. And Jesus defends her against what Judas is complaining about. I'm just going to have a sip of water. Okay. So this is a word for Glenridge Church and for you today sitting here. There's a scripture in 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9. It says, The eyes of the Lord range throughout the, the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Isn't that what we sang this morning? God is looking for Mary's. Someone who will move his heart. Someone who will sit at his feet. I want God to stop over Durban as he scouts the earth, to stop over Durban, over my little home, and be like, oh, her heart is mine. I want God, as he looks over the earth, to stop over Glenridge Church and be like, they are a people who are devoted to me, who will sit and wait at my feet. They are a people who will move my heart because they're sitting waiting at the feet. I long to see a church that is focused and devoted wholeheartedly to Jesus, a church that sits at his feet. And this city, can I just say, is yet to see, even the nations of the world, is yet to see what God can do with a person or a church whose heart is fully consecrated to him.
And so you might say, well, what's our response to this story? Can I just say, don't waste any more time. Get on your knees and repent. Repent. And if you've never done that before, today is the first day. Get on your knees and say, sorry, Lord, where I have looked at those things and been distracted by those things and busied myself there and been pulled there and there. And there are so many things that are pulling for our attention. Sorry, Lord, that I've been focused on all those things and not on you. Lay those things down. Depend on him. Devote your time and attention to him. And you know what? When you wake up in the morning, give him. Give him five, ten minutes of your time. When you're driving in your car, take time out. Because he deserves it. He's worth it. He's been very kind to us. He's given, and we don't do it out of religiosity or because it says we must. We do it because our hearts have been moved and we have seen Jesus. We have seen Jesus. He has forgiven us. He has set us free. And I will give my life to serving Jesus. I will devote my life to serving him. And so we actually have a choice because in this encounter, Jesus says, Mary has chosen. So Jesus gives us a choice. It's not a forced thing. It's not a have to. But as the pressure and the busyness of life increases, we can choose to be devoted to Christ or we can busy ourselves with our own solutions and our own practices. Jesus said only one thing is needed and Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. And it's like it's a promise that he says that if you give me your time and attention and you sit with me, it won't be taken from you. Nobody can steal that. Nobody can rob that moment that you have with Jesus. And when you're sitting at his feet, he fills your jar with oil. And do you know what happens when your jar is filled with oil? Your lamp burns. And do you know what your lamp, when your lamp burns, people see your lamp and that's the lamp your ministry, your service, the things that you do, it burns because your heart is filled with oil. But the problem is when you're serving and doing and busy, busy, but you don't have oil in your heart, that's the problem. And then your light goes out and you grow dim and you get weary and you lose your way. The most important thing is to be at his feet every day. And so I just wanted to share a picture that Corneille gave me once, or she shared once, that I was just reminded of this morning when we were worshiping, when Leanne shared that story about the jar that God wants to come and unlock this morning. And a picture that Corneille had, which is stuck in my mind, is that she had a picture of a person busy flying kites, lots of different kites in the sky. And these are all the kites that the Lord had given Beautiful cuts, busy, busy, but so busy flying the cuts that they're getting tangled and this one's falling down and trying to manage all the cuts. And God is saying this morning, lay the cuts down, let them go. Just let them go this morning and come and sit at my feet. 
And I'd come before Jesus and be like, but Lord, you gave me those kites. I'm responsible. Responsibility is a part of one of my strengths. I'm responsible for those kites. They're meant to be flying. I've got responsibility. I've got children. I have to feed them. I have to work. I've got lots of things that I need to do. And Jesus says, let go the kites and come and sit at my feet. And then I would come in this picture just so I can take you with me in this picture. And I'd say, okay, fine, Lord. I'm letting go the kites. And off they go. And I lay it down and I just want to be with Jesus. And I just sit there and I listen and I remain. And all those words, I remain and I listen attentively. And I fellowship with Jesus. And then as I'm sitting at his feet, I look up. And he's got all the cuts. And they're flying beautifully. All of them are displayed. And he's flying them. And they're beautiful. And that's what I want you to do today, is I want you to let go of your kites and come and be with Jesus. And every day, come and be with Jesus. Every day. And he'll show you how to fly those kites. He'll show you which one to fly today. He'll show you. So thanks for that word, Corne. That was from you. But yeah, I just wanted Justin to play a song. Um, just because it's helpful... I really find music and worship a helpful way to respond when we feel like the Lord is speaking to us so clearly. And I really believe He is. And I encourage you to respond this morning. Wait on the Lord and you will renew your strength. But there's this beautiful song written in the Upper Room Church in Dallas. And it's all about moving God's heart. And that's something that Mary did as she moved Jesus' heart. And I say to the Lord, that's what I want to do. I want to move your heart, Lord. I want to sit at your feet. And so maybe we can sing this song together in response and posture our hearts today like Mary. Thanks very much. I'm done. <laughs>